This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode does not contain spoilers, but does mention Priory of the Orange Tree, The Little Mermaid, and The Cricket with a K series. For full list, please see show notes. Additionally, per the author's content warning, this book blends fantasy with 15th century history, which includes depictions of enslavement and violence. Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Soul of the Deep by Natasha Bowen. And this is a confirmed duology, and today's book that we'll be discussing is book two of two. We've already discussed Skin of the Deep a couple episodes back, but thanks for joining us today. I want to start this episode by saying that I needed the author's note to enjoy this book. This book was very difficult for me to get through. In my opinion, starting out, this book is the like embodiment of those sad mermaids in The Little Mermaid in Ursula's cave that get like all shrunken down yeah yeah. simmy is so depressed and sad and guilty and just like the whole book that she that to me the whole time she was just like this like sad little thing until until the very like until the very end she's just like this like sad little little like droopy like sad thing oh my gosh um so i needed this author's note which is just to say that uh we said in our other episode skin of the deep that the author's note was wonderful this one also is wonderful and it really does provide excellent context did you read the author's note before or after you started reading? But I know that being said, I know you have officially read this book twice. Was it like, how did you read it? Did you read the whole thing first? And then the, the, what was the order of how you read everything? I read the whole thing. I listened to the author's note. I read it again and then listened to the author's note again. Okay. So once yeah. you had that author's note context for the second read, you were like, okay, I'm in it. More yeah. so. Okay. More so, more so, but not all the way. Again, um, you know, depressed Simi is not a Simi I want to share a headspace with. No. And she's so alone for so long. And she's kind of sitting with the consequences of her actions, you know? I see. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with all of this. I, okay. I, I hate these themes of choice and sacrifice and guilt and just like sitting with guilt and like the, the, the comparison of like drowning in your guilt for six months because she's like literally in the bottom of the sea. She can't like get any deeper into her own guilt and like the consequences of her actions for doing the right thing. Just like, oh my God, enough. 
enough. No, no, no. I, I, I see. But that's what's happening. I'm not disagreeing with you, but that is what's happening in the book. She just, uh, I just, I, this is my, these are my issues. I just, I did not. You didn't enjoy, like I, that those were the yeah, <laughs> things. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do not, yeah. I do not like all of this because like she's dealing with the consequences of her actions. What the fuck else could she have done? And everyone fucking blames her about it. The whole mm. book. And then she blames herself about it. I don't know. I just, I had so many issues I had so many issues and all of them were fixed in the last like three pages of this book. Well, it's funny you say that because it was the last because I, I, of course, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead, but we'll also work through it all over again is she was like, I choose you, but I also choose me. It doesn't mean that I don't choose you because I do. It just means right now. And those two lines, I was like, this is Priory. You went through everything and you understand that there is a bigger picture. That part I really liked. Yes. But it was... So, of course, I was like, that was sticking out to me. But I do... But then you have Cola going hot and cold with... He's like, oh, but remember, like, you didn't even talk to me about this and Why these did decisions. You leave? You, yeah. But that also, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Maybe it's because of, like the characters that we do like and the stories that we do love is one, they weren't even together. They had feelings and they could not admit or she specifically could not admit feelings because of everything that comes with being uh, a mommy Wata. And then you have like, that was a big thing. So she had to keep everything repressed. And she also didn't know these people in a way that they should know like i don't understand why everybody felt like she needed to run by them the decisions that she was making in the first book yeah i i i don't understand why why cola treats her hot and cold and why he questions everything that she does like y'all weren't even together like calm down on a sheet of paper she saved your life she shouldn't have and now you're on this journey uh, together to get what you needed to get um, so she could basically ask for forgiveness for saving your life. If you're down to the real basics, why would she have shared anything with anybody? Who are these people, Jess? All right. So we're going to do it's a lot of the same people from the first book. We have Simi. We have Cola. Um, we have uh, Velasha Day, um, who is another Mami Wata that we didn't really meet. I, or I don't remember meeting in the first book because we didn't know because there's only se- we knew that there was only seven. So there is another mommy watcher that we meet that helps her with her journey. This book, uh, we still have the Aludamari. We have Eshu, um, Aloku, Idara, Era, who is a childhood friend of Simi's from when she was a human. Um, then we have. Yenka, who is also a hyena shifter, who is also friends with um, Cola and also a friend of Simi. Then we have Tune Day the Elephant. That might be my favorite person. And uh, because we learn more about Ara, because Simi is slow, is like she's getting more of her memory back and more of her flashbacks of like her time as a human, which typically doesn't happen when you are a Mamiwata. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, 
Uh, and to add on to what you said earlier, uh, we did briefly meet Belashide in the first book. And okay, I we did. Okay. remember this because her tail is purple. Uh, let, let's get into this book. Okay, we start off with a content warning. I appreciate it. I really do enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy the content warning just to like get everybody into the headspace. This is 15th century West Africa lore with um, Portuguese as the, I'll say it, the slavers. That is our background. Uh, uh, chapter one. Chapter one, cold open. Simi is depressed in the deep. She's been down there for six months. My God. My God. It's miserable. It's miserable. It's cold. Makes me cold thinking about it. It's cold. She can't see the light because that's a lot of her internal thoughts then. She's like, oh, what I would do just to like go to the surface for a hot second. Not even to just be human, just to see the sun. Just getting very, very angler, angler vibes. Yeah. And anglerfish <laughs> follow around a locum. Yeah. And Alokum is, you know, he's the lord of the deep. He's chained down there because of his past deeds. She, she, Simi, and Alokum are working together to bury the dead. That is the debt, you know, all of that, the bargain, everything that's happening. The themes, like I mentioned earlier in this book, are like choice and sacrifice. And, and it starts off like really hammering that into us here because Simi is like, you know, I chose to be down here. I'm honoring my bargain like this is my sacrifice sometimes i think of of cola and the sun but oh the deep it's it's all very sad it's all very depressing which which i do find interesting because a has been down there for like thousands of fucking years and she's been down there for six months so it makes sense to me that a is plotting this whole time but i just don't understand why he went oh uh, no never mind i'm talking myself out of it out of my head never mind he would have been really no, I agree with you. Just just don't listen to me because I'm going to go back into talking about Skin of the Deep and we're not backtracking. We're moving forward. This is a, this is the second book. Yeah. So like I, I understand I understand why he would take any opportunity to like plot, plot, plot to to get out of this. Uh, and and honestly, honestly, if we're talking about evil villainous plots here, this one's not not that bad. He's he has. I mean, let's just get into the balls of this. Uh, Alokum is not honoring his bargain with Simidili to give Eshu to the supreme being for judgment. That was the plot. That was the bargain. That was the whole reason that she said she would go in with him. Yeah. And then she dove. Yep. That's that's the whole thing. The whole thing because Olokum helped bind issue and that saved the all of that happened in Skin of the Deep. Okay. 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 So so now now he issue is imprisoned in Olokum's palace and his duty to bind the eight warlords has gone undone. And because of that, basically shit is going down on land. Is that it? Is that the plot to start off with? Yeah, I feel like we find out more about the warlords towards the end when Simi and Cola and Era are all in that room. But I feel like it was one of those things we find out we hear about earlier in the book and then it kind of just wasn't really touched upon until later. So 
like you, you, it's easy to forget because you have all these battles and relationships and like, I'm mad at you happening in between. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Um, but, but I like the, the burying of the dead scenes that we have between Samian and Lokum. They're very reverent. Like they're very special and they're taking their time and showing, um, that, you know, all of these bodies are like back home into the sea. Very, very nice. And they, and, the tenderness that Alokum shows to the dead is stated over and over and over again. So we do have a little bit of sympathy for him for that. Um, but then Velashide shows up like, ba ba bam, there's Velashide. I was not expecting her to show up and to drive this plot along so quickly. No. Well, and I didn't. And even when they're like, oh, the three of y'all are going to go together to go on land. Like, Velashide, you're going to go help Simi escort Eshu with them as they go on to this next adventure. I was like, oh, she has a friend to go with her. I wasn't even expecting that. I know. It's nice. It's nice, especially because, like, in the first book, Velocity is, like, um, a little bit, uh, I'm going to say harsh. I was going to say crabby, but, like, that's silly. This is said under the sea. She's a little bit harsh. Uh, Velashide is with Simi. So the, the way that the narrator, and of course, um, I think we both listened to this through audio. So the way mm-hmm. that we're saying things is the way that the narrator did. And we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Please be kind. Um, but Velashide, she shows up and she's like, Hey, 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 like, Hey, what's going on? Here's the tea. Things are going on. Um, look, uh, Yamoja's not angry with you. And, and are you sure, are you sure that Eshu, uh, was taken to the Supreme Creator? Because like, you know, shit's kind of going down. But also, but also, but also, um, Simi's like, hey, 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 fuck you, don't make me feel guilty. Which is again, another theme of this book is guilt. So much guilt. Crushing guilt. Crushing guilt. Yes. My God. Uh, which makes sense. They are in this like ship too, which is like, another like layer of oh my goodness when they're having this conversation um but like velocity coming and 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 planting this seed of doubt about the bargain that simidili has put like so much faith into is interesting because faith is how simidili describes um velocity she describes her like that constantly Constantly, constantly, constantly. So I like this little like back and forth that is there. Um, how do we feel about these warlords? Super scary, yeah? Yeah, they're, I mean, anything with warlords is scary. But they, how is it described in the author's note where you have the Orishas, which are the gods, but then you have the warlords who are considered the Ajagos, which are the anti-gods and warlords of ruin. They can... I don't want to say be released, but they can kind of wreak havoc if they're not controlled. So when you're hearing things in the world of like, if you hear like wars are happening and famine is rampant and all this stuff, like that's because somebody didn't keep them in check. So that's kind of what everybody's trying to, I don't want to say rally against them, but kind of to pen them together and keep them from, from wrecking havoc of what's like happening in the real world. 
And what's happening in the real world is that because Eshu has been underwater for six months and hasn't been given over to the Supreme Being, the Warlords have not been pacified. And therefore, Idara, the priestess of Rabo, she is channeling their Warlord power to um, release them. And she has all of these followers going out and every death that they make like goes back to the warlords and like strengthens them and like makes the seam thinner so that they can come out or whatever. So when Velashide and Simidili are having this kind of like conversation about guilt and like all, all of these plots and things, these bodies fall down that have the slashes, eight slashes, the circles of followers of the warlord and that kind of like really spurs the plot along quite quickly yeah and that symbol is specific to the warlords but i'll tell you before that moment and maybe it's because we were listening to it through the audio when the narrator is giving the converse the initial conversation conversations with idara you think like she's going to be on I, I say the right side of things kind of be the support. And then throughout the conversations, she has, you know, her voice gets deeper, it gets raspier, it turns on a head and you're like, oh, oh, this isn't you're not a quote unquote good guy. Like this is you're you're a bad priestess. Yeah, you're a bad priestess. You're a bad priestess. Ah, uh, Bad priestess, bad priestess, bad followers, bad followers. Their souls are not collected by the Mamiwata. So they... They, Simi and Velashide, let these bodies just go. Um, mm-hmm. But then Simidili has a very Little Mermaid moment, which I can say because the first book is based on the Little Mermaid. And she goes up and she sees Kola on the ship, right? Right? She's up there. She sees him. It's all very special. It's all very special. She knows it's him, too. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my gosh. But, like, she doesn't try for any interaction because she knows at this point it, it, it's a moot point. It, it's not going to happen. It's just going to hurt them both. But of course, she's like back in her head. Like, I wonder if he still thinks of me fondly the way I think of him. And maybe one day. But this it's just, you know, what I'm saying that just to kind of pacify myself because I'm lonely and I have nobody to talk to. And da, 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 da. like she's just kind of reminiscing of what could have been, but never could have been because of who they were at the at, where at, who they were at the end of the first book, Skin of the Deep. Yes. After this, there's a flashback, which basically just tells us that the warlords can be defeated by unity and love. Shockingly, that's how they are defeated. <laughs> it's all right here. It's all right here. Uh, dinner with Alokum is right after this. Basically, he tells us, I'll be free one way or another. Fuck you. And then, I'll, and then you'll be free. So, like, you should help me. Wink, wink, but there's no, there's no winking to be done. Uh, and then after that is the breakout. Like things happen like pretty quickly. The breakout with the squid and gets issue, issue out of the prison that he's in. Um, I can see it. I can visualize this. I can see it and visualize it. I remember like, but, and that's really soon. Like that's chapter four. Like we're only in chapter four of this book and somehow like there was always something happening, but it also felt like a very long book. I don't know if you got that impression too. Maybe it went faster your second read. Uh, I was at two point. 
Oh. Ten. Oh, so it, okay. it went way <laughs> fast on my second <laughs> read. I was flying. <laughs> I was flying. I was flying. Uh, which is exactly what Simi and Ishii do when they break out of the prison that he's in because they have to really get through Olokum's palace and like get up to the surface as fast as they can. But issue, issue, like kind of like, pl- bear, uh, no, no, piles on. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, issue kind of piles on the guilt for Simi too. Cause he's like, Hey, the warlords are out. That's because like you made this bargain and I'm fucking down here. Like all of this is your fault. This is all your fault. And Simi's like, yeah, no, it totally is. And it's like, you know what? No, it actually isn't. It actually isn't. But no one is saying that to her anyway, moving on from that. But nobody (laughs) says that to her at all. Like, even at at the end of the book, nobody has said, you know what? It was kind of shitty of us to be projecting onto you that you were responsible for this whole thing when really she was always thinking bigger picture. Always. Every single moment she was thinking bigger picture. Uh, and just to kind of emphasize that, uh, Simi's like, I don't fucking trust you, Eshu. You're a trickster. I'm not going to fall for this again. And he's like, okay, fine. I will give you my ruby. And that that's like, I need this to do the ritual. And I also like don't want to die. So that will be our kind of like insurance. And it does end up like working the whole time because Eshu does... Uh, not want to die surprisingly right like he yeah. he holds it up i kept expe- i kept expecting that he was gonna kind of pull one over on her the yeah. whole time the whole time and even though they're like in one of the many battle scenes there's one specifically um where she's with cola and cola's like do the thing and she's like i'm not sure and he goes he has a lot to lose too trust him so it's really interesting to see cola's dynamic with eshu during the book and even his siblings the twins who were kidnapped by him that they were putting so much trust in this person when i was like "Mm, i don't know about i I, me personally i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have because screw me once shame on me yeah but fool me twice shame on me yeah, no, for real. I absolutely, absolutely would not have. Absolutely. But you know what? That's why we're not female MCs in these <laughs> YA books. Um, but something that I did really love is the meeting of um, like Simi and Ashiwa like coming up from the deep and like here comes Yamoja and like the six other like mommy watchers, like in their meeting right there. And they're like, oh my gosh, go. And then a locum's coming up and there's a battle and it's kind of like a confrontation. And it's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And it's like, you were here, you were here. I know you're plotting, you're plotting, I'm plotting. And then it's like, well, a says his line. And he says like, redemption takes too long. It's like, oh, damn. Oh, damn. Okay. And then he calls up the fucking giant squid. Like, call him up. I, I like it. Of course, it's the giant squid that helps helps him get away. Yeah, yeah. And and I like it. I like a locum. It's just like, you know what? You want to fuck with me? Let's fuck with all my stuff. Let's go, giant squid. And I love how it's um uh Yomoja 
who calms the giant squid. Of course, it's like the mother of the water calming and lulling this big monster back down to the deep. It's like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Um, Also, fuck you. Velocity stabbing a locum like right through the like fucking chest or whatever. I was surprised by Velocity's actions at every single turn. I really have mad respect for her. Of course, she's the one who gets midway through i know i know of course of course of course but you know it is what it is we'll get there uh as you and simi surface I, you know what it's just like they surface and it's like oh my god we're in the middle of the ocean there's an island it just so happens to be oku and cola's island like okay but like she does feel a tug all right fine whatever um and they get shot at <laughs> and she was like i knew before he even made an appearance yeah me too i was i was reading this book and i was like it's gonna, it's gonna be cola. It's gonna be cool. And she's like, "Ooh, he grew up. He got taller. He got muscles. He look, he is looking good." She was, she was all about it. She was <laughs> all about it, all about it. Uh, and Velashide is with her too. So it's Velashide issue and and Simi on this beach. And and they're they're like, "Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go by the anti gods. We have a quest. We're questing." And Simi's talking about how like. Um, you know, she put her faith too blindly in like bargains with gods and she feels so guilty and now she's going to like work to make it right. That's her own fucking issues. Um, we, we also have a flashback where she's learning to fight, which is fun because, um, that's when the arrows come. And what do the arrows reveal? It's Cola. He's hot. He's the leader. Whatever. <laughs> do you, re- the thing that, okay, Cola bothered the absolute shit out of me this entire book, but he does not, like miss an opportunity to get Simi alone and be like, why did you leave me? Why did you leave me? Rawr! Who did this to you? Who did this to you? <laughs> but it's not. It's annoying. It's like, no, no, why no. did you leave me? Like, yeah. Every time it was like, you did this to me. You put me in this position. And then like, because now we're in around chapter Stop eight or nine. Me. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're at chapter eight or nine. This is all happening. And he said, I looked for you, Simi, every chance I got. Well, the other part of me is also like, like, part of me is like, oh, that's thoughtful. And Simi's also probably like, yeah, I know. I I saw you sail away. But like, it, it's not going to change either one of our situations. Right. So that's the other part. That's the, that's the logical, realistic part of me. And I was like, you know, the romantic, you're like, oh, that's so sweet. But like, and what was going to happen? You knew, you knew from book one that based on who we are, you are a human. I am a mermaid. We cannot be together. I cannot tell you my feelings because there are going to be dire consequences. Like this isn't, we, we nothing. Why are we going to put ourselves through more pain? Yeah, yeah, and it's all about him too. He's like, "Well, uh, I'm the leader of my village, and I took time out to go and look for you because I still care." Okay, okay, okay. It's been six months. Chill the fuck out, my guy. We also only knew each other for like three weeks. I know, I know. But also, also though, I thought, I thought because like you know, after it's like, "Oh, Simi, oh, why are you here? Oh, it's Cola, blah blah blah. Why did you leave? Blah 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 blah." And, you know, tells, you know, tells everybody about the warlords, everything, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, her, Simi's childhood friend, Ara, just so happens to be in the village. I, I thought they were going to be a thing. I thought oh, Ara yes. and Cola were going to be a thing. Absolutely. I, I did get that vibe, too. 
I didn't yeah. get I didn't get the betrayal vibe that we're going to get to in this episode from Ara, but I definitely was like, especially like when she ran up to them or whatever, I was like, oh, they're gonna they're, this is a thing. I I definitely I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. And when she ran up, I was like, oh, that's gonna be. Because uh, I was like, Awkward. oh, yeah. Well, I was like, oh, that's going to be like Cola's wife and she's going to be like pregnant or something because he's like the leader of his tribe. And like it's and it, he even says like he's doing these roles like his, like his dad basically put them in his roles because his dad's going to die. So he's like, I they really want to make sure that I'm prepared for this. Yeah. So that's 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 where I thought I was going. Of course, that's not what happens. Um, It's just ours. Just like the childhood friend that betrays the fuck out of everybody later you know so fun so fun uh she was sold to the tapas she ended up working for adara in the temple and she actually actually kind of going back on what we were saying ara says here that like no simi like you didn't make me go with you out into the woods like it's no one's fault that like we were taken by like slavers or whatever um but then we so, like, we could say that, like, Adara, Ara does tell Simi that, but she's lying through her fucking teeth because we know that's not how she truly feels because that is um, revealed to Simi later when she touches the blackness in her soul after she is dead. So, this is all. This is all. This is all. Um, what happens in this village? What happens in this village? We get, we get the, oh, we get the soul song. We we get the story of the soul song and the plan. Jess, tell me about the plan. So we talked about briefly about the Ajago, Ajago which are the anti-gods. The gods are the Orishas. In order to release an Ajago, you need the soul song. And soul songs have like these other powers also. And, um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but basically you can control the warlords as long as you have the soul song. And so the plan is to go get the soul song so we can control the warlords and we can like stop all this havoc from being wrecked. Yes. And this soul song happens to be in the basically the Loch Ness monster of West Africa, which is what the author's note tells us. So imagine like a very big sea monster with a long neck that is like armored and large and just cause it causing a muck, causing a muck in a chasm. Yes, causing and that that velocity just so happens to know where it is. Yeah, there's a lot of coincidences here. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but they have to go kill that big monster. And uh, Simidili has to store that soul song in her sapphire necklace uh, to give to Issue to do the ritual, just as you said. And Issue is very clever. He's like, yeah, no, I said I'd do like the ritual and shit. I'm not going to fucking kill that thing. I'm not going to kill it. I mean, you can hunt it. I mean, that's how that's how I think you should kill it. Like, hunt the shit out of it. But I don't know. I'm going to be here. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Like, I just, I wasn't expecting him to be the comedic relief after everything we went through with him in book one. Yeah, no, for real. For real. It's like, oh, but he is. Um, Just, I think you said you read something that compared him to Loki. And I absolutely, yeah. absolutely agree with that. And now I can't unsee it. And I know we're trying really, like, we've, tr we're, with this duology specifically, we're trying not to compare it to other, um, other retellings aside from what the author has shared in her author's notes. So, but I did see a review. We'll put it in the show notes. And that was one of the comparisons. I was like, it, 
That makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Okay, we are up to our battle, right? Our, okay, no. Yes, we're up to our uh, battle with the tapa, right? Our tapa, our attack. Yeah, chapter 14. <laughs> yes, chapter 14. But I um, still don't visually what is a tapa. Because I have to tell you, as somebody who's gone to Spain, you as well, I kept thinking of tapas. And that's just like, I know oh. that's not what it looked like, but... I just wasn't really in a food set of mine when I kept hearing the reference. That is one of the author's notes that Natasha says is that she was looking at different communities within West Africa that the slavers often tried to pit against one another. That's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, but but before before this like battle happens, there's like this confrontation, right? Uh, with uh, with. Simi and 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 Cola. He's like, "Why are you here? I can make my own decisions. Look how that turned out. Stop sacrificing yourself." It's just like, "Oh my god. Who the fuck, Cola, do you think you are to speak to this mermaid like this, questioning her decisions? Like, you are alive, my guy, because of her decisions. Sit down and shut the fuck up and be grateful that you are going to be king or whatever. Why isn't it anybody putting him in check? That's my issue. Like, at least his his siblings, the twins, they were just great. They were so happy. To, it had nothing to do with any of the sacrifices that Simi made. They were just grateful to see her again. They didn't think that was possible. Mm-hmm. They loved her. And, like, I like one of the th- lines that she says. She's like, all this affection is just, it's too much. Like, y'all need to stop. <laughs> It's like, ooh, it's a lot. Yeah, but she goes, I, but then when Cola's saying, oh, I don't want you to keep sacrificing yourself for others. You don't know me. Like, I just keep going back to, like, I get that they, they're in love and it's, I can't say it's unrequited, but it's just like, I guess it's forbidden love. I guess that's the trope. Um, but it, you know, you said something at the top of this episode where it was just like everything came back to him. It had nothing to do with her. And now he, like, yes, I, recognize that but hearing it out loud it's just gonna propel this episode with everything and another thing my guy yeah it's just, it's just really annoying it's really annoying all of that to say all of that to say uh simi has a vision she's getting visions from the ruby of the warlords and them doing different things because it's tied to issue it's this whole thing uh so the battle is very bad we have the reveal that yinka our hyena shifter she's alive she survived the volcano hooray we love that Happy for her. Uh, we have the very eerie, very eerie foreboding. Um, they came at night from the questioning from one of the villagers. Uh, we have again, 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 another fight with Simi and Cola. This is the one where she cries. This is after the battle. He's like, I needed you, you know, and he's like, you know, I thought of you. And she's like, I thought of you, but I also thought of more than you. Like, I thought of more than you, like every single fucking time. Like, oh, my God, it's so. Oh, uh, but but this just goes back to she made the decisions because for her, it's always been bigger picture and nobody Mm -hmm. else has seen it. And that's why she's the one who made the decision that she did. Like nobody else was thinking about everything involved and everyone involved because it also happens again later in this book she's like it it was like one of those do i sacrifice for like the greater good for 
cola and issue. Like she was because she really was like, there's a whole bigger picture going on. These are two people. I care about them, but it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. And and. Here, here's just another example because like after this whole situation it's like very touching there's like moments there's lots of moments here dinner moments whatever um, but we have a timeline the timeline is two fucking days two days they have to do this ritual so it's like okay 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 we figured out that the that the monster is in the chasm alright we need to go uh, Velocity and Simi are gonna go cause they like, know where it is everybody else is gonna stay safe but then but then Cole is like no 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 we're gonna go with you we're gonna go with you yeah 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 we're gonna go me Bem and Yinka are gonna go and then and then when Simi sees that Velocity needs to be in the water and they should just like swim and they should like parallel like swim he's like well why do you need to do that like like well, well why and he's like and Simi's finally like Velocity fucking needs this like shut your fucking mouth like stop questioning everything that i'm doing just adds to like where velocity is saying like i get that you love being above the ground being on land but i don't and you know and they're swimming around and she goes i don't know how you would want to give this up because honestly i think it's just like you want the best of both worlds too because let's remember from the first book there were times where simmy was walking and she's like damn my feet hurt i really could I could really use the water right now. Um, and I, I, sometimes, you know, I think it's it could be something of like you want what you can't have or that flexible, you know, some, you know, it does come down to choice. As we know, at the end of this book, being able to have the flexibility to be to go between the two, which is kind of what there are right now. But Velasha just needs it a little bit more to have that the water of it all. Yeah. And the water of it all, we have this really beautiful scene of these women that are playing the river like a the drum. River drum. Like the river drum. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, you can visualize it. It's a real thing. The author's note, again, is wonderful. Uh, just really fantastic. And then we have, we love when they say the thing, right? They say the thing here. Protect us. <laughs> keep us safe from the soul of the deep. So is that to say the soul of the deep is the monster? No. What is it? Is it is it guilt? Is it sacrifice? What is it? We don't know. We don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Jess, were you expecting a locum to come save the day here? No, because you can't be. I, I just you can't get a read on him sometimes because he's yeah. back and forth with it. You're you're like, wait, what? Why is he like he trap he traps. The squid, the, the, the Loch Ness monster of West, Af- like the West African Loch Ness monster. We don't want to keep butchering the names as much as we have. Um, but then he's also chained in some sort of way. No, like it, like I'm like, make it make sense. Sometimes I do think that maybe a visual, you know, I mean, that's not this book. This is YA, but you know, when sometimes in a spice book, you're dra- drawing diagrams and trying to like, wait, I need to, I need to see how this is being executed. That's what I felt like here because like you can visualize each of the individual things, but how it's being executed is a whole other thing. I was like, you're doing this, but you're chained. Like, are you using the chains? I had a lot of questions. So I didn't have this problem. <laughs> I Good, no, because I'm just that, stupid. That, <laughs> no, you are not stupid. You are absolutely, I am absolutely never, ever, ever, ever. No, I I pictured uh, that. Well, this is the this is the classic. Like, does a horse? How does a horse wear pants? Right? It's the same kind of thing. 
Okay. The so I pictured this as the chain is around his waist and there's like an infinite kind of like mass trailing behind him. Okay. So like like slack. So he is able to like use it and like loop it around like that. And have all this okay. Yeah. So that that is how and then that way it gleams behind him, right? In the light and it kind of like trails behind him. Um this is this is how I was picturing it um i again not expecting here to see him but again again cola he's trying to fucking help and deliver a message about betrayal in the camp cola and you just have to dive in because you think they're taking too long swim behind a locum and yank his chains back and save the day so much so that you pass out in the boat for like the rest of the day and you're fucking useless make it make sense do you think he has a hero complex i don't know i don't know i don't know Part of me is like, oh, it's the Arisha in him. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. but like, whatever. I, he's just an annoying man at this point. We don't know that he's Arisha at this point, right? I think there no. was some like, I, I can't remember if it, if there were like some inklings that made me think, wait, are they? Simi's like, how did he do that? How did he swim so deep? Like right after this specifically. Um, yeah. That's like the first. This isn't like Devabad where people were questioning Muntadir. Not Muntadir. Right. Ali. Ali, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just a lot of things. It's a lot of things. But like, Alokum's trying to give the warning. Cola comes and fucks it up. You know, it is what it is. I'm here to make amends. I'm trying to help you. A mortal seeks to control the warlords. And Simi's like, yeah, we fucking know. It's Adara. And he's like, no, listen to me. And Cola's like, nope, you thought... Um, and he passes out and yeah. Uh, and then after he passes out, this is the part where they, they, where, where Era, the friend, right? Yeah. The friend. Do yeah. It. So her childhood friend, she's saying, you know, I know you really want to be human. And so if you, you know, you need the soul song and the soul song controls the warlords. What if you actually, you had the soul song instead of giving it to Eshu. So you would be controlling the warlords and all these other powers that we don't know comes with it. But like, I'm sure like part of your ask could you, if they're like controlling all these things, you can ask them about making you human i mean like what's the difference between you and issue as long as they're being controlled right and so she's like wait maybe and she you know and she's of course like pandering you're always doing everything for everybody else why don't you do something for yourself so she's like and simi doesn't know like you you really think that era has her best interest at heart but at the same time, I feel like the way that this is positioned, and maybe it's just us being familiar as YA fantasy readers, that we're like, mm, um, you know, you start questioning things because we also just finished an episode about toxic friendships. So, <laughs> well, yeah. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you're right. You're right. Like, you know, 
we we can't do that. I just like see your pain, Simmy. Like, why don't you just do what you want, which is another theme, want versus need. Um, what do you, uh, for people pleasers, uh, why don't you do what you want for like the first time? And you know, you are so right. Like Adara, Adara, she's not always right. Like maybe she can't control them. Like, yeah, it's just like, oh, you manipulative Mm. Mm. Yeah, because because even Simi's like what was one of the things she said she goes I wouldn't put so much at stake for something for just something I want and I think that was where Ara is backing up oh oh yeah you're you're right yeah that's Mm -hmm. not what I meant like yeah yeah and of course um Velashide is uh worth noting she's carrying this whole song in her sapphire her in her necklace uh and Velashide says like Simi she like shut the fuck up like you don't have to do all of this alone like we are we are all here with you like this is not your burden like you can share everything so like let's let's go back let's go back to Oku so to go back to Oku they encounter the Adze these are the firefly vampires very scary very scary these are the vampires yeah that um that she also mentioned she natasha also mentioned in her author's note i feel like there's a lot of battles in this but that's because of all the the creatures i say creatures that they're encountering you have you have like we, we've gone yeah. through two sea battles now right yeah we have the squid ones you have the Loch Ness monster we have the vampires this is kind of where velocity Am I wrong? No. You are correct. Okay. Yeah. That's you what I was like. Correct. Because this is like, oh yeah. Cause so it's like, here's another battle. She sees, she, Simi sees Cola. She's running. And also at the same time, Simi is like, Velashade, you need to hide. You need to go somewhere else. Don't come into this battle with me. Like you're n- probably not as familiar. And this is where Velashade dies and Simi is putting on that guilt. Oh, if it wasn't for me, if I didn't tell her to do this, if she didn't follow my directions, she would still be here. But then she still also has to take the sapphire t- to keep safe. So we had the, 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 I'd say the red eye, the red eyed fireflies that turn into vampires, which forces our party to uh, flee through horseback through the forest, which causes Velashide, who's unfamiliar with horseback riding, who is very sore, to look behind her, to fall off and get hit by a branch, which causes her then to be um, picked up by um, Ara uh, and and Velash and and Simi's like, all right, take her, take her, take her to the fucking village. Don't murder her is implied. It's implied, but you know. I guess you have to state directions implicitly. Uh, so Velashide, who has the necklace, goes with Ara. And then, uh, you know, after the battle where they defeat all the vampires, Velashide's body is discovered. Necklace is gone. Simi kind of recommits herself to, um, her life as a mummy water and Yamoja. She's like, yeah. no, this is like, uh, Velashide was pious. She was doing her duty. Like she, she firmly believed in this and she had faith. And I, I need to do this. I need to do what she can't. It also felt like, like you said, it was like reclaiming of being a mummy water because up until this point, she had no, I mean, if we go back to the choice of it all, 
she was not given the choice. She was just created as a Mamiwata. And this is kind of her rededication to being like, you know what? Maybe I won't, for the lack of a better analogy, I won't make waves. You know, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to follow my instructions and the responsibilities um, that comes with being a Mamiwata. And I just need to recommit myself to this you know, to this life as opposed to trying to fight it at every angle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the, after this is the funeral where they take Velocity to the ocean and she turns into sea foam. Very lovely, very beautiful. Um, and then, but then, but then it's like, okay, everybody's at war. We're going to attack. We're attacking the next day. Okay, everybody get ready. Cole's like, hey, let me show you my giant elephant. You want to see my <laughs> giant elephant? <laughs> and, and the giant elephant has elephant armor. He's so sweet. We love so him so sweet. much. Oh, we my gosh. Him. We love him. But then we have Cola again being so fucking like every. Uh, okay. He's like, you could stay here with me. You could stay here with me in Oko. You could. You could. And Simi's like, oh, clearly he loves me. He doesn't have to say it. I can see it in his eyes. Clearly he loves me. Even though he's been ignoring me and unable to look me in the eye ever since I fucking washed up on that beach. Clearly he loves me. And, and Simi's like, no, I can't fucking stay with you. Like, no, I have to make the right decision. Like, Yamoja needs me. I'm going back to the sea. Like, you don't know me she also it it they don't really say that he's orisha just yet or of orisha familiarity uh i don't want to say bloodlines because it, that wasn't the case uh he kind of turned orisha um or was turned orisha so i like that she kind of puts her foot down also to be like and even if you do nothing can come of it so why are we having this conversation? Yeah. So like, get fucked. Get fucked. Uh, so the tribes are all united. Here's our unity. Here's our unity. Uh, they're attacking at dawn. Very fun. Uh, so the twins wake up Simi, who's been sleeping, and they take her to the ceremony, uh, the drumming ceremony with the igugum. The igugum. Yes. Which is the uh, a person who is wearing a costume of the collective ancestors of the village. It's very spiritual. Um, this person then um, spins and does dances and blesses the twins. And then this is where it is confirmed that Kola is Orisha. The Agugum does confirm it. And the twins welcome him as Orisha. And then... Um, Simi's immediate fucking thought, though, is like, oh, oh, oh he's Arisha. He's Arisha. He we can fuck. We can fuck now. That's her first thought. It wasn't that, oh, he's he's a god because we know Arisha's are gods. Um, it was like, oh, wait, this means he's not human. Bet. That's <laughs> bet. Bet. <laughs> It, it's just, uh, it, you know, all right, all right, Simi. But then, but then she also swings back to the other side. She's like, no, 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 we have to do what's best. We have to do the best thing for everybody. There's no real choices here. I can't stay here. He has to be like the village leader, especially now that he's Orisha. I need to return back to Nimoja. We have to close the gateway. Like, this is what we have to do. And she's like, not only that, she's saying like how good at it he is. Like he has this place, like she recognizes it from like taking the emotion out of it. She's like, 
not only is this where he's supposed to be, like, he's good at what he does. Like, why? Everybody likes him. Everybody respects him. Like, he's meant to do this. And the Babalao kind of confirms that Jakola too. Because the Babalao also says, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're Arisha. And hey, BT dubs, uh, issue, he's going to bind the warlords. It's fine. You are going to be able to help so many people now. It's awesome. And, uh, you are confirming not human. So you can, you can, uh, just saying, just saying, just saying. And, and Cola just like drops all of this, like knowledge bombs to Simi as they're riding, um, Tunde to uh, Raba to attack the fucking city because they're going to get Ara back. They're going to try to find uh, the Sapphire. They're trying to bind the warlords. Like this is the the backslide of this book here. Yeah, we're in the last like five chapters. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, no kidding, backslide. Yeah, like um the 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 tapa the tapa people, the warriors, the soldiers, the tapas, they pour out of the gates. Right. And, and issues like the moon, it's almost at his peak. We have to hurry. So they're like running. They're like running. Um, Simi, side note, saves the archer with the kids. It's like a very payoff kind of situation. Um, but then Adara shows up and summons fucking zombies. Unexpected. Yeah. I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting the zombies. You have like the riders and then they're, they're the, their other riders. And warrior, like there are other warriors that are riders that are attacking. And I always, anytime a rider is involved in an attack, I feel like it's that much more serious because they mean business because you're going fast. You have to navigate. It's not just foot traffic of sorts. And this is also the part where even um, like amongst the fight, Simi at one point is by herself and Eshu and Cola are working together to get to Simi to fight her. I do like that she gets herself out of it though. Oh, definitely. I yeah, I don't I don't like that Cola like has to save her so many times, especially when it's like reiterated to us that she can fight, but we're in the backside of this book. It's neither here nor there. Uh we are we're we're up to the evil tree. I wasn't expecting an evil tree either, were you? I never expect like only time I think of evil trees are probably the Wamping Willow and then Wizard of Oz. Those are like ah. Those are the only two. I think of sleepy. So to have like a sentient tree, it throws me off all the time. So we have an evil tree. Evil tree. Evil tree is the gateway. Uh, so we have Adara and we have Aura. Um, uh, uh, this betrayal. Take take me through this. This this is like our villain monologuing kind of situation. This is where you find out that Era has been. Um, it has it has duped everybody at this point and even has the dagger up to Simi's neck. You're absolutely right. So Ara kills Adara because Adara's sitting there like, oh, that fool, the king. I'm channeling these warlords. I can command them. Look at all this shit that I've done. I'll bind them to me. I'll control everything. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. And then, as you said, Ara kills Adara. And then she's like, hey, hey, I'm taking the sapphire. You have no idea what life was like for me. I was a slave while you were splashing in the fucking sea. Get fucked. That's right. She was romanticizing everything. Like, you're complaining about this life that you had. You don't know what it's like. What heart, like, what what hardness looks like. You don't know what I went through while you were being a mermaid. I came back after we were both 
you know, thrown overboard. And this is what I had to go through. And now, and you're complaining about your life. She's really bitter. Like, and at this point, she's not possessed yet. She, she puts on the warlord mask essentially and becomes possessed by the warlord. But you can tell through her years of resentment, more or less, Especially because she comes, she, Simi comes back. Not everybody realized that she was a Mamiwata and still alive. At this point, before seeing each other again, seeing her family, they think she's dead. Yes, yes. And, and Ara also, also, uh, she was a spy. She was Adara's spy the whole time. She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adara sent me into the village because I needed to get the soul song. Like, we know this. We know this. And then, like, I met Kola. And he started telling me about you, and I was like, well, no shit. I just so happened to know her. And then I was just like a little plant. And then I was learning all my shit. And then I told her, and then now I murdered her, and now I'm taking it over. Because, And then, like, like you said, Jess, with the bitterness, she's like, if our leaders had harnessed the power of the warlords when we were children, we never would have been taken. And if we never would have been taken, we would have been safe. And I would have been safe if I never would have gone with you. That And that's the line. She goes, you always want to do the right thing, but we wouldn't have been taken if it wasn't for you. That was the quote that I had, which is so. But this is another example of people putting it on to her as if anybody doesn't have individual like accountability of their own actions. You didn't have to go. But it's easy to place blame. It's very easy to place blame. But everybody's placing blame on Simi. Everybody. This person who yes. she thought was her friend, this like lover, not lover person she's in love with, like everybody that she were even even Yamoja and you get the apology at the end. Sure. But it took a bunch of shit to happen for her to be like, actually, like, I know I told you you should always be listening to me. But in the end, you never listening to me actually was a good thing. So, like, do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get I know, I know. there. <laughs> we will get there. We're up to the decision, right? The decision. Jesse said we have a blade to the neck and we have the decision. Release the soul song or I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill Cola. I'm going to kill all your fucking friends or release the soul song and the whole world fucking dies. That's the choice, right? Or like don't release the soul song and the whole world. It's like all of it is shit. All of it is shit. It's like that, you know, where they say like the difference between the the hero and the villain and the villain would like sacrifice the world for one person, but the hero sacrifices one person for the whole world. Yeah, absolutely. And Simi says, I release you into this world, soul song, and in into the tree, the soul song goes and a doorway opens with a, its big giant uh, mouth with teeth. And the warlord of disease comes first. And R is like, yo, I command you. And the warlord of disease is like, okay, 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 sure. That was so funny. Well, I mean, to me, because it's, it's like, oh, this, this is biting me in the ass real quick. Like there was no, no lead time. Like, cause the warlords are like, oh, okay, child, you thought, 
That's cute. Yeah. You want a blessing? You want a blessing from me? Because then he turns around. He's like, oh, she asked for it. She asked for the blessing. It's just like I'm basically pestilence and she asked the wrong fucking guy. That's not on me. That's on her. Which, yeah, again, it's like, okay. Uh, so Ara dies. She dies of the disease. Um, you know, it is, it is what it is. Uh, Ishu takes the ruby. He starts chanting. It, you know, it ignites, whatever. Um, Cola starts stabbing pestilence. There's a big thing. Other warlords are trying to emerge, you know, woo, 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 coming through. Uh, the, the description of the doorway being like a pregnant belly with seven hands, like pressing against it and having it contract. I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. So I was really happy. I was real happy when uh, Ishu comes through, binds the warlords, and Simi, bless her, is like, fucking burn it. Burn it. Burn it all. Did I stutter? I yeah, said, did I burn stutter? it. Yes, and, and, and they do. And Ishu does, like, actually, like, actually burn it. And I do love that. So that gateway now is sealed and closed. The warlords are gone. Idara is dead. Aura is dead. Everyone is safe. The battle is just about over because they come out and, like, basically everybody, the battle is done. Um, Oko declares victory, even though, like, half of the people that went are dead. And then Simi tries to fucking leave. She tries to leave without telling anybody. She's like, oh, the sea calls me. Yeah, she goes, it has to be like this. That's a direct quote. You're like, what? It really doesn't, Simi, but okay. But she, but, and she gets called out on it. Like, were you just going to leave and not say goodbye? And sometimes we have to choose something other than what we want. And that's Simi saying this to Cola. And, but that goes into the, she's just trying to leave. She doesn't want to get anybody involved. She's just, she's just like, I, we already know she's not great with goodbyes after the first book. Like, did you expect anything different from the second one? Like, she's kind of been like, you're on your own, kid, for so long. Yeah, for real. And especially because at this, like, small celebration that's happening where they say that, um, Cola, again, is like, can't we try to be together? Like, again, like, and again, she's like, no, it's bigger picture. You're Oko's leader. I'm Nomoja. I need to go where I'm needed and where I have a purpose, which I thought was very interesting. Um and then again, issues like, no, you know what? Issue, I'm, I don't shir- uh, shirk my duties. Issue says, I'm going to, I'm going to buy these fucking warlords. I like living here. And then, and then we're in our like last, our last scene here uh, at Yamoja's island. Um, how did we, how did we feel about this? <sighs> it made me frustrated with Yamoja. If you couldn't tell when we were talking about it earlier um and i feel like you're aligning with that too because you've had a book at 2.9 of the books you know or 1.9 we're almost fully through two books where yamoja is like these are the well no backtrack she never said the rules to simi that's why simi got into this whole predicament in the first place. The rules and responsibilities not only were never really said to her, there wasn't a why. So she was like, well, okay, can't be that bad if I don't know why. And yeah, everything that Yamoja has done and has said and has dictated in everybody's like ex- in her expectations of the Mamiwata 
all of that by the end of this, she was like, well, so all that, basically everything that you've gone through, um, you should have never listened to me. Seems like you worked it out on your own. And, uh, I grant you permission now to do whatever you want. So if you want to go do that, if you want to do this other thing, you know, stay a mermaid or like, but do it for you. Don't do it for like the bigger picture, which also seems to contradict the whole purpose of the mommy Wata. Cause there's only seven. Let's not forget. Like there is only seven in the entire world. And she hand chose every single one of them. Now that there's only six because, uh, Vel- Velasha day has died, but like, it just seems to contradict everything and none of this, like, I, I just, I'm very, I'm very frustrated and it seems very hypocritical after everything that we've gone through. And then to give Velasha Day's necklace to a man is just, again, just, yeah, just yeah. like sharing the power. And we don't know what power it will give you, but it might enhance you using the, a woman's necklace and her power to enhance the power of another man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all. And all just so, like, they can be together. Like, that's the part. I know we talked about it in our Cricket with a K episode. And I guess it depends on what you're looking for when you're going into reading. If you want to read a happily ever after, like, you go ahead and read that. I know that there's books out there. But that's not exactly what I was hoping you expect to get out of this duology. Um Everybody's happily ever afters look different. And it doesn't always have to be romantic and to to have that at the end of this episode in a way or episode at the end of this duology kind of seems counterintuitive yeah yeah it, it was not it was not excellent it was not excellent uh just to like go through specifics uh you are mummy water and more i release you you have a choice follow your own path this is freedom uh, you know, Cola is looking for you. Go get him. Uh, choose what is right for you. Oh, look whose boat is that? Talk about timing. <laughs> yeah. Every sacrifice has a reward. Sacrifices are, you know, what is best isn't always what we want. Just, it's just like, uh, it's, it's all very, it's all very. So Cola, uh, Cola gets the sapphire. So he chooses land. Okay. Whatever. Cola, again, there must be a way. Um, you know, I, uh, but, but again, I said in the beginning of this episode that the last like couple pages really saved this book for me. And they do starting here. Cause like after they start kissing, um, this is when, this is when Simi's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like I can be more than the girl that fell in love with the boy. I can be more than mummy watcher. I can be more than this. Um, I can do more. And this is again, um, we can be together, you know, are you sure of me? But then this is you, uh, this is what you said, Jess, earlier, you know, I choose me. Uh, I want, again, she's like, I, you know what, I want to go see my family. I want to, like, do some stuff. I want to, like, take care of me and have my freedom. I'll come back to you. I choose you, but, like, not right now. Peace out. Right? And I like that. That is that is good. Um, But, like, and and like you said at the top of the episode, Jess, it is very priory. And I think that ending is really wonderful. Like, I choose you, but not right now. But all of this buildup and like Kola and his like whiny ass, this whole book, <laughs> I just could have done without completely. Do you feel like you could have had the same result with this book without his whininess? <sighs> 
Yes. Yes. You could cut out his character completely and put in like her mother instead. And it would have been like a very female centric kind of, you know, um, you know, mother you're born to mother who has remade you kind of situation. But no, we didn't get any. Yeah. It would have been good. I just made that up just now, but, uh, but, but we don't, we have this like romantic struggle. And of course that's YA. And of course that's, you know, that's what we're doing for. And of course, of course, of course, as always a young child reading this book, seeing this representation, this could potentially change their life. So of course there is always that framed that way, especially with it being YA. And if that, like, if with that being the audience to be like, uh, it, it, Samantha says it in Sex in the City. She goes, I love you, but I love me more. Yes. And I, I choose to be me. Yeah. And then, and that's, I think that's the last line. I am semi, uh, semi dilly. I choose to follow no one. I choose me. Yeah. And I think that's a really nice way to end it too. Uh, I choose to be me because that's, that's a very powerful way to end kind of a book that I feel kind of lukewarm about. But something that I'm not lukewarm about is the author's note, which is fucking fire. I love this author's note. She gives context. She gives reason. She's like, I did this. I did this. These are the water drummers. This is where they're from. This is the monster. I love it. I love it. Do you think that you would have enjoyed your second read? Because we've discussed, if you follow, if you've listened to all of our episodes, I have a habit of not reading the author's note, except with um we discussed in skin of the deep we did we both read the author's note laura you always have a tendency to read the author's note do you feel like you would have felt differently if you hadn't because we've also had that conversation too that you would have liked a book better if you hadn't read the author's note i like the i like the context here because i think the themes the themes of this book specifically were kind of annoying to me. But again, I'm not the target audience, you know, like guilt, you know, all of this like suppression and this guilt and everything and all of all of that. Uh, it, it just didn't hit for me. But, you know, it is what it is. But 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 um, I don't know. Follow up to that. Um, did you like this book and or would you read it again? I'm lukewarm on this book. I would not read it again. However, I would recommend the duology to the age-appropriate audience. If it were something that they were looking for, yeah, why not? Yeah. It is like quite lovely for a younger audience. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important to note that just because you wouldn't reread a book that doesn't mean it's not a great book either. I mean, some people, some you could just be like, that was, that was fine. Cool. On to the next. I yeah. think people get wrapped yeah. up into thinking if you're not going to read something again, that it's not great. And that's not the case here. Yeah. No, absolutely. And especially with the so many tie ins with the, uh, dolls from the wonderful website that uh, Jess and I, you and I discovered, I don't want to say discovered, stumbled upon recently with these really beautiful, beautiful, like we'll, we'll post that also in our show notes. We've been pushing it, um, you know, on, on our socials, but if you don't follow us on our socials, at least it'll be there for your show notes. If you have some curiosity for it. Uh, Jess, what about you? Do you like this book? Would you reread this book? Answer these questions. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't reread it. I thought it was fine. I think I would, now that we know that the duology is complete when we had 
I think when we covered Skin of the Deep, the second book might not have been out yet. Um, but I would recommend if you're going to read this, read it back to back. Um, I also think you could be fine with just the first book too. I mean, we've had that conversation with our Hellbent episode, maybe. Maybe it was the second book of that series um, that you said, you know what? I'm good after book two. I want to have like my own little headcanon going on. So I think it could be great as a duology if you do it back to back. Also, if like you're also not necessarily missing out if you just stop at book one. So on that note, please feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks for joining us this week and we hope to talk to you all soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.